hello hello good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you're watching or listening to us from this is episode five five big five of the niger fc podcast as always i'm your host iot and i have with me my co-host smith lai welcome yes thank you very much for joining you know everyone for listening to us the support has been great on the podcast so far and you know we're giving you the episodes back to back to back as often as we can um to keep the the conversation going and to keep engaging with you guys we have a host of topics to discuss today i mean we're going to kick off from the biggest thing that's happening right now in the world of football we're talking about the fifa women's world cup i mean as we all know our gallant super falcons were able to qualify from what was dubbed as the group of death you know they defeated australia and they got draws against the republic of ireland and canada um tough teams all around and were able to qualify as the second place team in group b um, we're now going into the knockout stages, you know, where is, is winner-take-all in every match from this point. Um, as many of you would have seen by now, we are going to face the lionesses of England, the European champions. It's not going to be easy, you know, but let, let's talk about what we can expect and what we hope to happen in that game. Um, first of all, Smidlai, let me ask you this question. When we drew the game against Ireland, you know, knowing that we were more than likely going to face England, were you disappointed or, you know, were you still pleased with the way the ladies performed over the group stage? I, I have to be honest with you. I was disappointed because um, I think that uh, we can win the game. It's winnable. But at least, too, you must not lose that game. So it's very difficult to to say. But I'm not really impressed with the performance. I have to be honest with you. This is like no Ozba. But, you know, since we have qualified for the second round, I think uh, I can just take that. But for me, I wasn't really impressed. I would have rather Nigeria play Denmark than for us to play against uh, England. I would have loved that. But, you know, England, there's so many things attached to it. They were like colonial days and everything. A lot of Nigerians in England. Relationship is so tight. So, it's a lot of emotions going on. So I just think that uh, it would be better for us to avoid that now, to dodge the bullets and go for Denmark. I was not really pleased with the England game, mm. but we have to face it now. Mm. I would say, I think me, I was probably the opposite of that, to be honest, because um, that game against Ireland, of course, I wanted us to win. I wanted us to top our group, you know, and do something that we've never done before. But at the same time, I wasn't I wasn't quite disappointed, you know, because um, football is all about moments. Um, in the first half of that game, we're obviously playing a bit more conservative. You know, the, the goal of that game was don't lose. You know, just don't lose and you'll qualify. So we're playing a bit more conservative. But after the halftime break, you know, I think probably they got into the locker room at halftime. They had heard the score from the Australia versus Canada game. Australia already beating Canada 2-0, I think, at halftime. You know, and in the second half, I saw that the ladies came and were a bit more expressive. You know, um, we also had, I think, two very good chances. You know, there was the one that Oshuala had in the first half where, you know, frankly, she should have scored, you know. Mm-hmm. And then there was the Uche Nakano header in the second half that was just a very fantastic save by the Irish goalkeeper. So mm-hmm. the way I look at it, if Oshwala had converted or if Kano's header had not been saved beautifully, you know, we would have been winning that game 1 or 2-0 and everybody would have been would have been happy. So, you know, I was slightly upset or annoyed, you know, or sad. I'll say sad is probably the best word, that we were not able to top our group. But at the same time, I was still proud of the effort that the, that the girls gave because the way I look at it, in, in that game, you know, if they had gone from the start and then they had just wanted to play all at attack or play very attack-minded and they considered one or two early goals, it would have just raised our tension, you know, for the rest of the game. And of course, you know, we all didn't know that Canada were just going to go there and lie down for, for Australia, Australia, you know. Um, so I, I think for me, I mean, I wanted to face Denmark as well. I believe I said it on the last... Um, podcast episode. I wanted to face Denmark, yes. but at the same time, you know, it is what it is. Um, we have to, we have to face the challenge now. You know, to be the best, you have to beat the best. Um, so hopefully, we can beat the best, the best. You know, in Europe, um, in this upcoming fixture, um, the game is on Monday, so we are very, very close to the game. Um, what, what kind of setup? Um, what kind of of style are you expecting from Super Falcons in that game against England? So I expect the I expect Randy to approach the game like he did against Australia. I think it might probably be the same approach because um but we have to give England respect. They have a lot of firepower. There's a way they, they attack. 
and they can cause havoc from any direction. So I expect Randy to approach the game the way he did against Australia. Don't forget that Australia too beat England in one of the warm-up games, 2-0. So, so yeah. to tell you that uh, that should be a confident booster for Nigeria because, you know, we have beaten Australia, so Australia beats you, we should be able to, like, beat you too. So, and the England team that Australia actually was um, beat was, was uh, more stronger than the one that went to this World Cup. So, you know, it's a team that we can actually what, beat. I think that uh, if, if Randy could try and soak up the pressure, try and minimize the crosses, because, uh, you know, they, they, their main attacking outlet is Lucy, Lucy Bruns, the Barcelona right back. That's their main that, attacking uh, outlet. Um, yeah. yeah. So, they will, you know, and the issue is this. Uh, they, don't cor- they don't cross, they, they, they cross backwards. So that they can allow their strikers to settle in. So there's a way they approach their attacking line. So I will be expecting that Randy should watch their games and see how the guys actually what plays. But for me, I will look at the game against Australia. Approach similar way to that. Maybe probably not start Oshuala again for me. I think so. I think Oshuala will be better in the second half. Because Midi Bright, you know, I don't fancy Midi Bright and Greenwood against Oshuala. You know, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a game. I think that um he should approach the game the way he did against Australia. That should that, that would be the is go better for us. Mm. And I think I, I I agree with you as well. You know, um, we have to pay the English the respect that they deserve. You know, they have a quality team. They have um, very good players that are playing at very high levels. You know, as much as we have talent, they have also a lot of talent on their team. Um, they are a very technical side. You know, they know how to move the ball around very well. You know they they play they play good football. You know I must say, um, yes. but I I have to take the confidence that the ladies have shown us. You know from the first um, three matches of the tournament, and you know the thing is that the way football works, England in their first game against Haiti they didn't look amazing. You know yes. they, they won one zero in their second game against Denmark they didn't look amazing. They won one zero, but then the issue is that they now went to go and play against China. You know <laughs> Lauren James now decided that she's going to have the best game of her life. They can't yes. flog China anyhow. So it has now raised the standard. And people now say, ah, oh, this England side. Yeah. <laughs> if they score six goals, they score all these kind of beautiful goals. You know, so, so that's the interesting part. But at the same time, um, I want to give the Super Falcons credit that they deserve. Um, so far in this tournament, they've been able to stay compact. They've been able to defend, you know, fa- fairly well. I mean, one or two mistakes here, here and there. But for the most part, you know, they've been holding their own in defense. And I think that that's what they kind of have to do um, against England as well. Um, we have to be more clinical. Like against England, Oshuala cannot be missing that chance that she missed in the Ireland in the Ireland game. You know, yeah. against England, one chance, one goal. You see the way Japan dealt with Spain in that their group stage match. Yes, that's how. That's the level of, of of finishing that we need to have in the game against England. You get a chance, you score. You get another chance, you score. Even if you are not scoring every chance, because I mean it's football. Make sure that you are testing the goalkeeper. You are threatening the defense because if if they see that ah, oh, these guys can just score us with one chance like this, it's also put pressure on them and it's also make them to be a bit more cautious. Um, I'm going to expect Nigeria will probably maybe have like 30% possession in that game, being, yes. being honest with, with ourselves, you know. But we have to trust ourselves in defense and we have to be able to take our chances in attack. I don't know if I would say Oshuala should should stop, and the reason why I say that is because you know, I mean, knock on wood, this doesn't happen. But I don't want a case whereby maybe we're losing 2-0 or we're losing 3-0. That's when we're now bringing Oshwala on. We're now saying, yeah, sister, come and save. Because at that point, you know, the game might already be away from us. Yes. Um, if we want to save her for like the 60th minutes, let's just be realistic. England have the quality. So I would really just say, okay, let's start our best 11. Everybody from the beginning, give everything that you have. Even if we have to sub Oshwala off in 60th minutes, I think it's okay. But... I would just like everybody to be there from the start and just give all that they have, you know, and, and try to get us the best results that we can. Um, it is a game that, you know, again, being realistic, is a game that we can easily be down 2-3-0. You know, I don't hope for it to happen. But at the same time, it's also a game that if we play our cards well, we can frustrate and frustrate the English and just drag it on for as long as possible. You know, I've, I've listened to a lot of interviews with... Um, um, ex-players, current players, when they are playing maybe like as the underdog. I remember like the Chelsea game in Champions League final against 
um, Bayern Munich, you know, and for the coach, it's like, just tell the players, okay, let's get to the first 15 minutes. Okay, 15 minutes don't go, it's still 0-0. Okay, another 15 minutes, let's do it. 13 minutes, it's still 0-0. So yeah. we just have to try to see how we can frustrate the English for as long as possible and then try to capitalize on the counter-attack. The truth is that we have pace in our team with Oshuala, with um, Rashid Adajibadi. You know, we have some pace that we can try to use. If one one is not the fastest, you know, but still she, she provides some quality. I don't know if they want to play Desire Paranos in that game to bring some kind of toughness and strength in, in, in the attack. But it will be interesting to see. I think Tony Payne is going to have to play a very, very top-level game in that middle. You know, she's going to have to help us to control the pack really well, help us to keep possession sometimes so that when the defense is under pressure and they're able to clear the ball, they're able to win the ball back, we cannot just immediately give it back to the English players. You know, Tony Payne will have to help us with that job of, okay, keeping the ball a little bit, you know, driving us forward a little bit and trying to pick out one or two quality passes that might even lead to an opportunity for, for us. Um, I, I agree with you. Lucy Bronze is one of the biggest threats, you know, is how they build up their attack a lot of the time. I mean... Nobody can deny that Lauren James is also a big threat for them. We have to be able to, you know, to play well. But for me, I kind of look at it, um, Lauren James, I believe it's going to be an interesting battle because if she plays from the wing, you know, I'm going to believe that um, Alozier will be able to, Alozier likes to play that aggressive, you know, never give up type of football. So I'm not saying that Lauren James cannot beat her, but, you know, she's going to give her a decent battle in my opinion. And if she plays through the middle, you know, um, I feel like, that center mid is honestly where me I have the most confidence in the squad sometimes because that pairing of Ainde and Uchebe, I know what I'm going to get from them every game. You know, it's like I there's no question. I know what I'm going to get from them. Even with Rashida that I love so much, sometimes she can be on her game. Sometimes she's really struggling to get into the game and to get the, the ball and things like that. Same thing with Oshuala. If she's on her game, Oshuala is a threat. But sometimes she's struggling to get into the game. But with Ainde and Uchebe in that midfield, I, I know what I'm going to get in every match, you know. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I really, really believe that if Lauren James plays to the middle, you know, they'll be able to do a good job on her. With that being said, <laughs> I mean, I'm still praying to God. <laughs> I'm still praying to God that it comes to our aid in that game. Um, let, let me ask you, who do you think can be, you know, a, a, a game changer for Nigeria in that game? You know, who do you think can be really, really key for the Super Falcons in that game against England? I think if I'm going to pick a player, uh, it's going to be Rashida Ajibade and Tony Pay. You know, you know. Mm. I think Ajibade because for me, I would not, I would not want Randy to match up the Lionesses with three at the back if they're going to come with three at the back because we, are, we don't used to play that formation. Yeah. I want us to play our normal yeah. one and just try and make sure that. Uh, the midfield is so compact because the midfield is one of the things that makes the team solid, like you said. The midfield is the midfield. So I would think Ajibade should not start on the right, please. Let her start on the left. Because that's yes. left, that's right. It's like she's on holidays. He's in Ibiza, Ibiza in Spain, enjoying holiday. But uh, she's now back to Lagos in the second in the second half. That's it. Because that first half, she's on holidays. But second half, you will see her. She will chakara, she will do a lot of things. So I think that uh, the coach should also be aware of this. I know the coach is someone that is very conservative, wants to keep everything tight in the first half. But please, ah, she can do arm in the first half. Who said we cannot score in the first half? When she said to the left against uh, Australia, that was when we scored. Ah, so please do yeah. normal. Do normal. Coach Randy, please do normal. Play these girls at their strongest position, especially at Yajibade. I don't have issues with uh, Numeno and this thing. If possible, Desire. Desire has not kicked the ball in this tournament. It's going very hard in this for, for her yeah. to start. So, and, um, mm. but she'll be very good because I think that uh, uh, she, she, she plays like Ramirez of uh, Colombia. Still, the girl will be dropping off her. If, uh, again, uh, no, I, I know that we can target uh, Millie <laughs> Bright and Greenwood. I know we can target them very well. They are very sluggish. I know we can target them. But for me, I think Agibade will be the game changer. This is a game. Mm. Let, 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 let me ask you, who, you know, because I'm thinking of it now in my head, I don't know if I have the answer. Who would you want to play on the right? If Agibade starts on the left, who do you want to play on the right? In the last two matches, we've seen Uchina Kanu play there. 
But, but in my own opinion, I cannot even lie to you. I was mm-hmm. not impressed, you know, in either match. In the first match, she was, for me, she was having the worst game of any Nigerian player in this tournament. Then mm-hmm. she scored a goal on the stroke of halftime. Obviously, mm-hmm. a crucial goal for us. So that one raised her ratings. In the mm-hmm. game against Ireland, same thing. I think she was having another bad game. You know, um, when she's playing in the box, she's good. So do you think maybe a potential for the coach could be play Kanu as the striker, play Oshuala from the right? Or do you think Oshuala plays as the striker and we bring somebody else to play from the right? Maybe a gift Monday, you know, or, or somebody else from the bench. What, what do you think about that? For me, I think uh, she should, you, the coach should use if I am Numenu, if you're my Numenu on the right. The coach should use if you're my Numenu mm. on the right because that one can hold the ball. That one can help defensively. That one is also very good in passing. She works hard. She works very hard. So I think that uh, she's going to benefit us more in the team uh, mm. than uh, Kanu. I can tell you because, you know, yeah, we don't know. Lauren James plays as if she's playing in a garden. She can pop up in the left, pop up in the right, pop up <laughs> in anywhere as if she's, she's talking with uh, her friends. That's how she plays. So we need somebody that can actually work. Make sure that, uh, you know, she's policed in that game. So that's why I want us to be compact. Kanu, nobody lose Amaka too much. I have to be honest with you about that. And when it's time for us to deliver in the box too, you won't really even see her there. She's lacking confidence. But, you know, you never know. Maybe she's showing something in training that we cannot we cannot see. But I think right, my bet you know. is uh, if I if you're my numeno. Mm. So if I'm on the one on the right, um, Rashida on the left, and Oshuala up front, and yes. I think you know midfield. Obviously, I will stick with the same midfield. I in there, I'm Chebe, and defense as well. I will stick with the same defense. Chebe. You know, Plumter, Demay, mm-hmm. Ohale, and Michelle mm-hmm. Lozier. Ohale, yeah. I know what I'm going to get from Ohale every Ohale. game. That one, I like yeah. her a lot. You know, Michelle, she's going to give you effort. Um, whether or not she defends well, for me, I think. It depends on the quality of the player that is up against her because mm-hmm. I've seen some players that have dealt with Michelle, but I've also mm-hmm. seen Michelle putting a lot of quality performances. Mm-hmm. The one thing that you know is that she's going to play hard. You know, yes. um, given the strength of the opposition, uh-huh. Michelle is probably going to chop yellow in this match yes. <laughs> because of the strength of the opposition. <laughs> you know? yes. So I, I just believe that she's going to chop at least yellow. Um, yeah. Plumta, we know what Plumta is going to give us. She's not going to yes. be a big threat going forward. She's yeah. going to be quite solid defensively, and she's yeah. obviously she's obviously good for defensive set pieces as well. You know, yes. to get those heads on the ball. Um, yeah. I'm the player that I'm really really hoping has a good game is Tosin Demain. You know, I mean she has she has done well so far in this tournament. You know, nobody should get me wrong. You know, but <laughs> this is another level now. You know, knockout round playing mm-hmm. against them, um, Almighty England. You know, yeah. I hope that she's still able to just compose herself. She's just able to stay focused and play a fantastic game. You know, I don't know, maybe sometimes, sometimes it pains me that I watch some of these matches because um, when I was thinking about this England game, my mind kept on going back to the game against USA, the friendly, when she yeah. struggled, you know. Yes. And that's kind of like the way I look at it. But at the same time, you know, um, to, to be fair to her, she did well against Canada. She did well against Australia. She did well against um, Ireland. So there's no reason why she can't also do well against um, England. Um, okay, Question um, from the bench, from the bench, who do you think can be a, a key player for us from the bench in this game? If maybe things are not going too well in the first half, you know, or in the game, um, who do you think can be a key player from the bench for us? Gift, gift Monday, gift Monday. Mm, gift Monday, right? And can actually what be a joker? So that we're discussing about her in England so much. That she's someone that can actually mm. cause problems. So. I think Gift Monday is actually what's going to be good, can be can be a game here for us. Hmm. Interesting, yes. interesting. I mean, we saw what she did against Ireland when she came on on the field. You know, she showed a little bit of that her dribbling ability, and I also think that she has the potential to be a, a, a joker. You know, I even I would even give um, a credit to Uche Nakano, the same player that I was saying I don't want to start Kanu as well. I think that um, I'm on the same page as Coach Randy, what he used to say initially. She's good against tired legs. She's good against, you know, mentally fatigued players. 
Um, I think Kanu can also be an impact sub for us when the game, you know, is a little bit stretched in like the 70th minute. She can come on and she can use her pace and use her creativity, you know, her skill on the ball to be able to cause one or two, one or two problems for the for the English players as well. Um, obviously, um, player to watch on the English side, you know, I think has to be um, Lauren James. You know, she's the most obvious one. Um, but who who are maybe one or two other players on the English team that you think? We need to really, really do a good job on in order to have a good result. Stanway, very, very good player, and Georgia also Stanway. yes, and also what's it called again? Lucy Bronze, you know, Lucy Bronze is like their major attacking outlet. So I think his uh, song we need to actually what work on the crosses coming from the right are very important. They need to take care of those crosses. I have mm. to be honest with you about that. Mm. I mean, um, Stanway plays for Bayern Munich, so obviously a top player. Lucy Bronze, you know, plays for Barcelona. Hopefully, Oshuala can give us some of the secrets, you know, in how to defend against against Lucy Bronze. I mean, Lucy Bronze is one of the best players in the world, frankly. She's one of the best players in the world. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I would agree with that. Um, yeah, and she's good at set pieces. I would, I would say another player to obviously just be careful of is Alessia Russo, their striker. You know, mm -hmm. she's a quality striker. She scored in the game against China. You know, she scores a lot of goals in the league, you know, playing for Manchester United. I think she just joined us now, now on a free. Um, but if we don't defend well, you know, she's somebody that can potentially capitalize um, on, on one or two chances. But at the same time, even though I say watch out for her, you know, I, I feel like I have the confidence in Ohale and, and Demain to be able to hold her down. You know, it's all about what the other players can do. Um, okay, any final thoughts um, about the setup, about what to expect in the game against England? Well, I think, uh, like was mentioned initially, the setup is should be to remain the same. But I want to say something. Nigerians should not lose hope. Nigerians should not think that uh, we are united. The bookmakers think that uh, we are like 10 to 1 to win that game. But. I think we still will go to the prediction time. So I don't want to say mm. much about this. So I think do what you did against Australia. Make the first half 0-0. Zero, mm. zero. England will come out. They will be more anxious in the second half. Then we'll see what happens. They'll not be having good second halves. Don't forget mm. that. Against IT, against Denmark, yeah. even against China, second half was worse than first half. So I think that they should where first time should be zero zero for us, then we'll see what happens. Mm. And you know, um, I, I want to share in the confidence that Rashida Tajibade has. You know, she recently did an interview for FIFA's website, and she said it that you know she's confident going into this game that she doesn't see any reason why we can't cause an upset. You know, like I mean, most people consider it an upset for Nigeria to win. She said mm -hmm. We've seen a lot of surprises in this World Cup. It's not about the name. It's not about the players. It's not about all those things. She said, honestly, I respect every player on the England team, but we also have a lot of quality on our team and a lot of talents that possess threats. Um, I'm focused on what we can do as a team and not what England wants to do at the end of the day. It boils down to what we all do on the field. You know, um, so I, I would agree with her. And what I found interesting was that they asked her to give her prediction. You know, mm -hmm. and normally when you ask players to predict... They don't always talk. They just say, ah, I don't know. But Ajibade said, Nigeria 2, England 1. You know, mm -hmm. they asked her to give her prediction and she said, Nigeria 2, England 1. So hopefully, hopefully we can actually get uh, that result. Um, mm -hmm. So, Spitlai, what is your own prediction for that game, Nigeria versus England? You know, when you say Nigeria, no, they carry last. Somebody that said that, no, we joke. See, I watched a video last week and I saw a goat chasing a lion in Nigeria. It can only happen in Nigeria. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I, my wife was like, oh, falcons now use goat. Oh. Now, now this is with this uh, lion, what did they chase? So? Because how can a goat? I just want to be eating like a lion. Guys chased by this thing. So, I will go for a Nigeria to qualify. I'm not going for a Nigeria direct win. I'll say Nigeria to qualify. So it could are you be extra time, it could be penalties. Yeah, it could go. It could. It could be a long. Uh, you have to. You have to give us a. You have to give us a score that we can stamp down. Two one after extra time. Two one after extra time. Mm. Yes. You know. Yes. Um. I'll say. I, I also obviously as a Nigerian, 
Um, I'm going to go for a Nigeria win because I want us to win. Um, and I believe in the in the girls. And I'm going to go along with you and Rashid Alajibade. I would also go for a 2-1, you know, Nigeria win. Whether on a 90 minutes or whether on an extra time or 2-1, as long as we win the game. Yes. <laughs> That's what matters to me. And yes. hopefully, hopefully, you know, um, by this time on Monday, I mean, even much earlier than this, the game is early. Um, mm-hmm. But hopefully that Monday morning, you know, we're all celebrating, you know, people that are going to work will go into work. They'll be happy. They're yep, excited yes. as they're going to work. And Super you know, will be doing something that is very, very major qualifying for the quarterfinal. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I look at it, um, when I look at the full bracket, if we can go past this England, we feel shocked the world, though. If we world, can though. go past this England, you know, we mm-hmm. can. So it's, it's going to be very interesting, but I, I would also go for a 2-1 win for the super falcons and you know so so shall it be yes um okay, and before okay, before, okay. before you go um, on that's okay, before yeah. you go on i saw the interview you had on the irish football channel and the man said something that uh, this yeah. is the best time for you to play england that's yes, uh, yeah. uh, so he said this too that you might be lucky this is the best time to play england so i i, I think that uh the idea for the taking mm. Yes. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, um, I'm I'm really believing in the in the girls, and you know, hopefully they can do us proud. Um, okay, just before I was going to move on, but just before we move on, did you see the article that the NFF put out today that they said uh, 29 friendlies in 29 months? Say that they prepared the ladies for this uh, FIFA World Cup. <laughs> did you see the article? I saw the article, and um, it made me sad. I have to be honest with you about that because. I realized that uh, you know we we are too childish, and I'm not really sure who posted that. Maybe that person have the authority to do that, or he's just playing, you know, he's just playing with his phone <laughs> to see, just to wind up those girls. Well, I will not say anything about it. It's after the game against England. Mm. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, what, what I will say is that it is, you know, failure has no friends. Success has too many friends. Mm-hmm. It's, it's rather unfortunate that they are trying to do this PR to make themselves look good. You know, mm-hmm. let the girls play the game that they are playing. Um, It's almost, for me, I think it almost brings about a sign of underconfidence, you know, of lack mm-hmm. of confidence from the from the FA. Because the team spirits, the team, you know, appreciation right now is high. They, they're just trying to say it now so that, okay, in case we lose against England, though, when people will be unhappy, then we'll not be able to talk then. So they are bringing it now. And I think that it's just unfortunate. As we speak, as we're recording this podcast, the players are still fighting to get paid bonuses for the games that they are playing in this World Cup. You know, they are still, they are still hoping that when their money gets paid to um, the FA by FIFA, that they will get it on time. They are going to get it for sure because FIFA will make sure of that. But they are just hoping that they can all get it on time. You know, um, I mean, this they are still fighting to increase their allowance. You know that they are currently getting in this tournament. You know, I mean, the players are, are getting almost nothing compared to what the technical team, what the NFF administrators are getting as as daily allowance at this tournament. But then you want to tell us that they played twenty nine games in in twenty nine months. If we even break down a lot of those games, like the coach even himself said on some of the um, podcasts that he did. You know, a lot of those games where I'm not going to say any game is irrelevant games, you know, it's an irrelevant game. But a lot of those games were, were games that if you really look at it, that game you cannot say prepared the team. You know, you cannot really say the game prepared the team. Um, we, we won't go into, into it deeply right now, but I just found it a bit laughable that, you know, now that the team is doing well, you're trying to, you're trying to claim part of the success before the tournament. Um, the communications director was the one that was shouting that this is the worst uh, coach that we've ever had for the Super Falcons. Now that he's doing well, you're telling us, oh, we, we prepared them well. You see what we did? It's, it's, just, it's just laughable. But yeah, um, let's, let's, let's move on very quickly. Um, still sticking with the World Cup team, um, for the first time, we saw three African nations in Nigeria, South Africa, and Morocco reach the round of 16. You know, um, how did you feel just seeing that, you know, watching South Africa get that positive result, watching Morocco, who I, Morocco, I don't even go lie to you, I do not have any faith in Morocco. I don't even lie. I, I, I do not have faith in them. You know, watching them reach round of 16, how, how did that make you feel as an African? You know, you know, not only reaching the round of 16, they had the highest point. They had six points out of all the African nations. They won two games against South right. Korea and Colombia, you know, and 
I was happy because this is not only for Africa, even for the Arab nation. The first, the first Arab team to actually play at the World Cup, and they're actually in the second round now. So you know that is that football is global. It's not just for a certain section of people. It's global. So it's a good thing that we can see them. It tells you the investment they have put in these sports. See, if you prepare, you will not be denied. They qualified at the expense mm. of Germany. So I'm really happy about that. I saw the game. I was screaming when they actually what qualified. And for South Africa too, apart from the Amapiano beef, um, the we just wish them best of luck too. They have qualified for the second <laughs> second round. They've mm-hmm. tried several times, but at least they have qualified for this one now. In like two hours' time, they will play against Netherlands, which we you know try and watch and wish them best of luck too. So you know we are all nearly playing European teams. So we hope to knock them all yeah, out. Well, I mean, we're all playing against our our colonizers. Col- colonizers, you yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Hopefully, Africa can get one over all of them. You know, yes. I, I would say I was particularly impressed by South Africa. I mm-hmm. watched that match, you know, um, and um, I, I don't know how to pronounce her name properly, but Magaya and um, Tembi Katlana, you yeah. know, their one-two punch was just fantastic to see in that game. You know, after the match, Katlana said, we knew that they could not match us for our pace, so we wanted to kill them with that pace. You know, and she was such a threat in that game. It was a very, like... I was crying because South Africa, they cannot defend well. Oh, man, yeah. they cannot defend well. Can't but defend well. their attack was so interesting mm-hmm. to watch. Their attack yes. was very nice to watch. And I mean, congrats to them. I'm wishing them the best of luck against Netherlands. I mean, we know that Netherlands, they are a good team, you know, historically. You know, even at these tournaments, they've been doing okay so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully South Africa can get one over them. You know, it will be it will be a good one to watch. As you said, it's, it's, yeah. the game is happening tonight. Um, yes. Okay, but yeah, um, let's move on from the World Cup. You know, let's move on from the World Cup. Um, let's talk about transfers. You know, we're still in the summer, even though the season is starting in another one week for the major leagues. The Premier League is starting in, in, a, in a week. Um, some leagues like Belgium have already started their own their own football. Um, mm-hmm. But the transfer window is still open, and you know, we're still seeing a lot of players moving from club to club. We're still hearing a lot of rumors. Um, I'll start with um, confirmed transfers that happened recently, just a couple of them, and then we'll talk about some other rumors. Um, Josh Maja, um, 24-year-old Super Eagle striker. You know, he's been called up, I think, was it once or twice to the Super Eagle squad? Um, he just completed a move um, joining West Bromwich Albion in the English Championship on a three-year deal. You know, this is after his contract expired with Bordeaux in France, where he finished in the team of the season last year in the League Two. Um, what, what do you think about this move? You know, um, some, people were, some people were saying that, ah, this guy, a championship player, you know, he know if he even gets top league, you know, from league two to championship, he's a second division type of player. Um, mm. Of course, in the past, we've seen him with Fulham. You know, it wasn't amazing, but it wasn't bad. Um, are you are you happy that he joined a team like West Brom, or do you wish that you know he was able to find a move to a top division somewhere? No, um, this English boy is you know, he's like homecoming. They get them for for George Mackay at least. She will continue to eat chips uh, uh, and fish uh, in England again because that is <laughs> you know, that is good not to come. Uh, you know, it's going to be around friends too. Don't forget, it was part of the Sutherland clips there. You know, you no, know, he has a lot of clicks, a lot of friends in England. Yeah. So it's a good homecoming for him. At least he's so young in uh, in Bordeaux. It's sad that uh, finishing at the team of the season for Bordeaux and one of the top scorers in the league. You couldn't get like a top flight team A in France or even in France. Yeah, even yeah. in France. So it's sad. But I think everything is bent on his choice. I think he wanted to actually what leave France and move to India. Don't forget that uh, Birmingham City wanted him in the January transfer window, but he wanted to see maybe Bordeaux can get promoted to League One. So he stayed behind. Then now moving to West Brom is not bad. Don't forget that uh Chuba Akbom too, you know, left abroad, he moved to Middlesbrough and he became the player this season. So you never know. So yeah. uh, I will still call him Super Igu striker, but uh, we know last time he got called up was so long. But uh, I just wish him best of luck. I wish him best of luck in um, in West Brom. Mm. Yeah. You know, um, I also wish that he can do well for West Brom. I, I, I'm just, I guess I wasn't really a big fan of the move because um, I don't really rate the West Brom team. 
you know, yes. um, they for me they don't have that much quality overall in their side. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't necessarily see West Brom as a team that is going to be competing for promotion. I think yeah. that's going to be a mid-table championship side. You know, so I'd have liked to see him play at a high level. I watched their um, season opening game today. I watched it against um, ah, who did they play again? They lost two one against I think was it Blackburn. You know. They, they lost 2-1 and there was not really much to be excited about. I mean, our boy Semi Ajayi played in the match. He was okay. But the way I see West Brom, I think they're just going to have another mid, mid-table mid finish, you know, and I'd have wished for him to play at a higher level. I mean, hopefully, even if they finish mid-table, hopefully he can score a lot of goals and improve his own reputation. Um, overall, I think for me, maybe the transfer is like a, like a 6 over 10. You know, it's not a bad one. Um, but again... It would have been nice if he could get a move to the Ligue 1 in France. Even if na um even if na not, you no. know, or even one of the promoted sides, you know, just, just to get a, a move on. I mean, Lorient just signed um this other Nigerian striker okay. that plays for Benin Republic. Um, you know, so maybe they're not looking for another striker. But I don't know, all the same, you know, Josh Maja will wish him all the best. You know, we yes. hope that he can he can continue to flourish in his in his career. Um, yes. Okay, let's talk an, about another player, um, Ishak Abdurazak, um, a 21-year-old midfielder. He just joined BK Haken in Sweden on a season-long loan from RSC Anderlecht. You know, this guy is a player that um, his career journey so far has been a bit interesting to me because, you know, he was on a high, he was doing well, and then he moved to Anderlecht, you know, and you'd have thought Belgian league, a league to develop, things will continue to go well for him. And from Anderlecht, they just brought him back down again. You know, when he was playing for IFK Nokoping, you know, in Sweden as well before, he was lighting it up. He was playing as a winger or as a wide midfielder, and he was doing really well. You know, he got a transfer, and then all of a sudden, um, Anderlecht did not know where to play him. Some games they play him as defender. Some games they play him as midfielder. Some games they play him as winger. After some time, they just deemed him not to be good enough, and then they moved him to their reserve, to their reserve team. So he played almost the whole of last season playing for the reserve team. Um, I'm I'm happy that he's making this move. You know, he's going back to a league that he knows well, a league that he has done well in in the past. You know, um, I think that he can revive himself, he can revive his career, show himself to still have talent, and you know. I don't want to speak too early, but I think the story for him in Anderlecht is over. But if he's able to do well this season in Sweden, you know, he can potentially set himself up for a permanent move to another club, you know, um, somewhere that he can actually call home. Um, it's unfortunate that the Anderlecht thing did not really work out or it's not working out great for him so far. Um, but personally, I think I'm happy with this move. You know, for me, it's maybe like a 7 over 10. It's an opportunity for him to get himself back on track. You know, show people that he's still a quality player. Um, so like, what, what do you think about this transfer for Ishak? You know, there's this uh, popular adage. You say that uh, if uh, there's no road for front, you go turn back. So he's back to base mm. again because uh, he was uh, he's back to his familiar territory. Because I remember that he was playing very well in Sweden. I think uh, that was even when Akikumi Amao was also... No, Alassan Yusuf was there. Then I think as well as we were Gothenburg, yeah. then so it was really doing well in yeah, Sweden. Gothenburg, yeah. yeah, it was really doing well in Sweden. So for him, I think it was just like uh, you know, there was a red card. If you remember in Anderlecht when he was playing, he got the red card, yeah, the yes. red card. He could not get back to the team again. He's you know, there was a game in the reserve team, he scored two goals. The senior team were having issues in the right back and right wing, they didn't bring him. So, and uh, the comment that the coach made. This season is that you have to look for a new club. So if a coach is telling that uh, you have to look for a new club, that means that uh, there is no. You know when you have a visitor, and you visitor come to your house, and you are showing the visitor uh, the remnant of the food as, as, as that is at home. So what are you telling the man? See, there is no food at home. So if they are showing you that body language, it's better for you to look for a new home. So it's good that he went That's to Sweden back. Yeah. Yes, it's good that he went to Sweden back. I think that uh, he will still come out to Belgium and do better and prove another mm-hmm. wrong. I wish him luck too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wish him all the best, you know. And I mean, 
um, when I was watching him in Sweden, then you know, I also thought he was quite quite good. So hopefully things can pick up again for him. Um, yeah. Okay, let's talk about another transfer. This one is a Nigeria on a twenty player. You know, just played for us at the on a twenty World Cup um, earlier in the year. You know, scored for us at the on a twenty World Cup. Um, I'm talking about Salim Fagula. Wow, um, he just moved to NK Istra in the Croatian HNL, the Croatian First Division. Um, I, I'll let you go first on this one. Um, what did you think, you know, when you heard about the transfer? And what are you expecting to see from Salim Fargo in this in this team? I think the transfer was actually was done for so long. Um, I think it was just issue of paperwork and, uh, and visa. That's uh, one of the things that uh, styled the presentation. But now he's there. He, we settled down, you know. He's even for a long time, his friends already said congrats to him, you know. <laughs> but I told, uh, I think we settled down in uh, in Croatia. You know, going to a club like that will give him time and opportunity to what to adapt. Patience is a club that uh, what's it called that um, are patient with youngsters. So Fagolawa is no stranger to Nigerian football system. He was part of the Varadio Cup. Um, what's it called in Italy? Then you know, though he didn't really do well there. That was a Cup that uh, you know that brought out uh, Ebenezer Kinsomiro, the guy that turned play for Inter Milan. So uh, it was yeah. not a Vigio Cup. It went to you know uh, it was it brought City. You no, know, was it was this was this Smart City also? So you know he's been playing the private league in Lagos. So it's it's not it's good for him to make a step. I think that uh, he's talented. That's one thing I know about Fagolawa. He's talented. He's one this lanky striker. He's talented, and um, you know we hope that we hope to see. More of his uh, Cristiano Ronaldo celebration when um, when the league starts in Croatia <laughs> because it celebrates like Ronaldo. Yeah. <laughs> Zoo. Okay, let, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Um, the only thing that I was kind of looking at is I was looking at you know um, the history of performance you know in the league for NK Extra, um, and they are a team that tends to struggle, mm-hmm. you know, most of the seasons. Yeah. Last season, I think they finished about fifth in their league. But before the last season, for like five years in a row, they finished second to the last. For like five years in a row. Second to the last, second to the last, second to the last, second to the last. You know, um, do you think that, you know, if he plays in a team that is struggling, he would be able to develop like we want him to? You know, because it's, it's one thing to be playing for a team that is competing, where you can express yourself, where you can score goals. It's another thing to be playing for a team that every week, not just to pack boss, pack boss, pack boss, you know, the top three, the top four. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if they struggle, do you think that that can hamper his development? Yeah, it's, you know, you, it's a very valid point you made there. Now we can show what hamper his development for me in Croatia. Apart from, uh, apart from Dynamo Zagreb. All of them, Nazim Sim. Nazim Sim. Nazim Sim. All of them, Nazim Sim. They are football is equal. So, um, I think um, mm. Fago, just, Fago just needs to like perform in few games for him to get a better club in Croatia or move to other European clubs. Mm. Don't forget, he's very young. He's a young player. So, just to perform slightly. No, see, on your day to day, it will be a game that uh, now you go be on top for that game. So, maybe. If I go, if I go can, yes, if I go can like have like you know seven goals, eight goals or so, people will take note of him and uh, you know before you know it, national team call up to another twenty three can come. You no, know, people will know him. So from there, I think I can actually will be. Don't forget, he's his first club in Europe, so that one can be a stepping stone. He's going to yeah. get good coaching, good facility too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, okay, we're um, almost at the end of today's. Um, today's um, podcast episode so i want to do a quick plug like i did in the last one um if you are watching if you are listening and you'd like to shop our merchandise you know you want to wear the nigeria football t-shirts that i have on for those of you watching on youtube or you want to you know wear the same hat that i have on my et hat or you want the niger jersey phone case you know customized for your own phone uh, make sure you check out our website eaglestrackershop.com and that is where you can get your Niger flavored merch. You know, we have a lot of stuff all in stock. We ship to every part of the world as long as you're on planet Earth. We'll get it to you. Um, so make sure you check out eaglestrackershop.com. You support the brand and you get your beautiful merchandise. Um, okay, Smith Lai, back to the transfers. Um, let's talk about now some of the rumors 
um that we've that we've had recently um i'll start with the biggest one you know the biggest one that we had it's been a few days now since this news came out i'm talking about nigeria's biggest player at the moment victor osime um who was subject of you know a huge bid i think they said it was about 120 million or thereabouts from al-hilal in saudi um the bid they say was rejected swiftly by by napoli you know Siemens current club but the interesting part for me was not even that alila want to sign him the interesting part was that they are offering him apparently one million pounds a week one million pounds a week i don't think any nigerian player has even smelt up to half of that kind of salary before hmm. you know not to talk of one million a week um i'll go first on this one you know I already did a short video on it. Um, I, like I was saying, I cannot, in my own church mind, I cannot tell anybody in this world to reject one million pounds a week. You know, some people work their entire life. They die at 70, 80, 90. You add up their whole salary for their life. Some people will not reach one million pounds a week. So mm. how do I even tell somebody not to take that kind of money? Um, and again, I'm also of the belief that you know, this is money that can change the the future of his of his lineage. This is money that can make sure that um, anybody that has the last name Osime, you know, can be set for a very very long time. You know, his children, his children's children, his great grandchildren um, can be fine. So I I don't know how to say oh he should stay and he should win Champions League, he should win Scudetto. Like um, our dear Odionigalo said, you cannot use um, trophies to buy food in the supermarkets. So mm. for me, oh, if that move is truly on the cards, I want him to go there for two years, just two years, just two years, make 100 plus million pounds. Then after, you can come back to mainstream Europe and you can say you want to continue your legacy, you know, but I, I think it's such a move that is too good to turn down. What, what do you think about that? that you know, um, to you know it's, um, it's, a it's a story of two... Tales, I would just say two things. You are right by everything you actually what said. But on the flip on the flip side, you realize that um for the national team it's not good. What it takes remember the way we talk about Tigalo playing for Nigeria, about Saudi, about China. You know, when you keep on when you say okay, you're the best striker is now from Saudi, Saudi, you know, you just realize that uh, at the end of the day. The level of competition in Saudi Arabia is not the one that um, Osimek can actually... Okay, why can't Saudi go and pay for Ireland? So they want to go and tempt Ireland. Why can't Saudi go and... They know the weak link. They know who to go for. One, they targeted him based on his uh, contract dispute and what? Background. They know that, ah, <laughs> dispute and what? And background too. I'll tell you that. And background. Because they realize... Yes. And background. Why can't they go for Luka Madrid and go and pay money for Luka Madrid? Why are they targeting Frank Kessie and Mutulman uh, Pate? Uh, you know, uh, all the African players can't take. So, they know exactly who to target. <laughs> they know who will go and get the money. They know. So, uh, for me, Osime has never been to a competition to be the top striker for Nigeria before. Imagine Osime going to Saudi not scoring goals. Do we will you come and make case for him to be the super egos? No, we're gonna we're gonna see with our money. No, if he's still if he's even scoring one or two goals in Napoli, and if we come and stay king. So, and for me, I saw a video between Tamina and Nana's free when the Anashi player was canting them. Maybe they are complete. The way Tamina was pressing them. If you are not going to the video, it was canting their players one, two, three, four, <laughs> because. The way that we are holding the ball, the level of competition in Europe is far ahead of Saudi Arabia. Let's be honest ourselves. They can compete, mm. Saudi Arabia can compete well in the Arab world. They are playing the Arab Champions League now. They are doing well there. The clubs are doing well there. But in Europe, it's different. So, for him personally, a Victor Osime family, Bar David Osime, Victor Osime family, Bar David Osime, is good for their lineage. But for Nigeria, as a national team, because for reason, I don't know why Osimhen will give me 20 euro now. The only thing that Osimhen can give me is happiness. Scoring goes for Nigeria. This <laughs> money cannot reach me. 
and Osima is our Peking. About 200 million is our Peking. So for me, it should not go. Mm. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, if we use uh, trophy chop for, for, for supermarket, buy from supermarket, and at the end of the day, see if Osima even goes to Saudi, it can be borrowing money to NFF. You know, it can be helping NFF to fund their their operation. <laughs> you know, I can imagine Osime is in Saudi now. NFF could talk say may 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 they pay bonus for players when they go mad since they don't want to pay bonus. You know, but I, I hear what you're saying. I think it's it's clearly a case of um competition, legacy um versus finances. Um, you know, me I will choose the finances, but I at the same time I, I hear what you are saying, you know. Um I, I I understand why people don't want to see me to go. I understand why some people are saying, oh, let him stay in Europe when he's 29, when he's 30, he can go to Saudi, the offer will still be there. Maybe, maybe not, you know. But, I mean, all the same, we can talk all we want is down to Osime and what he wants to do. You know, the final final say is in his hands. And I mean, partially in Napoli's hands if they are going to accept the bid. Um, but all the same, I'll keep supporting, we'll keep wishing him all the best. Um, okay, let's move on very quickly. Um, we also have Akko Adams. Um, Smutai, what, what do you have for us on the latest rumors involving Akko Adams? Uh, you know, the last name of uh, he, according to everything is done, so they're just like putting final details because it already said bye bye to his teammates in this room, so but they have not announced it in the official, yeah. So I think that, um, is uh, the deal is done. I think that uh, it's just, um, you know, it's just not if now, it's when they're going to announce um, him. So mm. don't forget that he has been a very good player too. He's another player that, uh, you know, that uh, can light up the league one and can score mm. those score goals. Before you know it, it's the Premier League again. So Aqua Adams, very good yeah. player. I think that the move is very close. And- it's like 95% done. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I'm very happy for him, honestly, because he's a player that I've been watching for, for years now. You know, at, at Lillestrom, at a point, they used to have Ifani Matthew, Igo Ogbu, um, Ako Adams, all in the team together. You know, we saw Igo Ogbu get his own move to Slavia. We saw um, Ifani Matthew get his move to Zurich. You mm-hmm. know, and Ako Adams was kind of like the odd one out. Back then, he wasn't really starting for them. He wasn't really playing. But then in the past season... They gave him the starting shirt, and no more. This guy just starts to the score goal left, right, center. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I'm not even by any means surprised that he's been subject of interest from the French League One or from quality teams. And you know, we wish him all the best. You know, um, like you said, it's a matter of um, when, not if, um, for him to transfer permanently to um, Mont- Montpellier, rather in mm-hmm. in the French League One, and hopefully he can do well there. Um, we'll have a number of our, our strikers. We'll have Murphy. We'll have him in the League One, and mm-hmm. you know. Hopefully things go very well for him. Um, what about Chidozie Awaziem? What's latest on Awaziem's move? So I think uh, Awaziem own uh, the details is not really clear, but according to report, said that uh, he already had a verbal agreement with uh, with nuns in France, so that the move is very close to. So I think it's because uh, Boavista mm. is not really having it good financially. So so maybe they're trying to move some of their players on. So you know he has played in nuns before. Um, and he did extremely yeah. very well in uh, in League One, so it won't be bad for him to go back. So I think if he's performing well in League One, you can consider him for Super goes back. So I think it's also a very good move for yeah, him. Yeah. The whole thing actually was uh, go according to his plans. Yes, good move for him. No, yeah, and I mean, the the reality of it is that it's going to be it's going to be a big um, move for him. You know, moving from. Um, he played in Hadrook Splits last season for mm-hmm. um, in the Croatian League, you know. And of course, League One is a big step up for him. Um, yeah. Like you mentioned, he has played in Nantes before, so yes. it's not a terrain that is that is new to him. And yeah. then, you know, um, for his Super Aguish chances as well, if he's playing in Nantes, you know, he has more of a case um, yeah. to make the Super Aguish squad, you know, for future for future invitations. Um, yeah. So I think it will be a quality one for him. Hopefully, they can get it over the line. Um, and yeah, um, we can see Awaziem at, at a high level playing his football once again. Um, okay, LA2, what's the latest on his own transfer rumors? So, LA2, LA2 went with AC Milan, um, for pre seasons, but uh, they just want him to blend with the first C. So, but they're trying to, it was part of one of the most astounding players 
in their youth system last season. It was part of the team that went all the way to mm. the semi-final of the under-19 youth league. But I think the next step for him is for them to try and get him on loan. So uh, in the AC Milan 2, they are also kind in what they are trying to do. They want to support the, the, the team that, that will take him on loan financially so that uh, you know they can pay his salary together. Mm. So which is actually what very good. So it's been linked to Nance again. It's the Nance and ES Monaco, but I think Nance are the favorite to actually what get him. So we'll be having a, <laughs> three players, three Nigerian players in Nance. So hey, I think in League One. So I think uh, it's gonna be a very good move for him. He's a very young player, and I think that uh, he's a player that wants first team action. That is what makes him different. He wants to play first team. So it's gonna be a long move for him. It's mm. not not selling him. Because they think that is very important to their future. So it's just for him to go and get go and get experience outside first. Experience. Yes. All right, all right. And then um finally, um Bruno Onyemaechi, what's the latest on his own potential transfer? This is one of the most uh, long story, long transfer. We have been hearing different it's like the transfer is moving like a snail. But uh, according to a report, they said that uh, you know, he has already agreed. Uh, a five-year deal with FC Porto, and um, the price is uh, really very low. And despite that, I think Porto is trying to even pay it uh, <laughs> instrumentally or use Awazian money to pay. Instrumentally, uh, or use the money that they owe them from Awazian money <laughs> to pay it because uh, I think Boavista have not finished paying <laughs> the money for Awazian. So you know, the I don't know. I think it's final that is trying to. Uh, the stop Bruno's move, but uh, I think Bruno's move too is also a matter of time, it will soon be unveiled, according mm. to a report. It's also a matter of time, too. So, we have two and, left and, back um, competing in uh, Porto, yes. Yeah. And, and that's the question I wanted to ask you because, um, what would that do for um, Zedu Sanusi? You know, I mean, and and also for the super egos, because I've always thought that Bruno, you know, is the better defender amongst the two of them. I said it a couple times in the past, you know, on Instagram live and people were telling me, ah, what do you know? What are you talking about? But I'm like, I know Sanusi had a meteoric rise, you know, from mm -hmm. um, the second division, boom. Yeah. In two years, he was playing for FC Porto in the Champions League. Yes. But Bruno, you know, takes set pieces very well, you know, defends very well and also contributes in attack. Even some people were telling me, oh, but Zedu can attack better. And I remember I was telling them, look at the stats in the last season. Zedu did not get as many assists, did not score as many goals. You know, so even that attack that you say Zedu is good at, Bruno is still doing better than him statistically, you know, playing for a worse team. Um, what do you think that would do for Zedu Sanusi if he has to compete with, with Bruno in the same club? And also, what would that do for the Super Eagles, having our two left-backs in the same club? You know, um... How would that one do for Porto 2 during the AFCON? So, but let's just like uh, go into it in this way, you know. For Sanusi, I know Sanusi is someone that uh, likes to challenge. Remember when they brought in Wendell from Bayer Leverkusen? Mm. Wendell was playing, he was about to be pushed out of Brighton, if you remember. But the coach called him in the last minute, stay and fight for yourself. And from there, he had one of his best seasons in FC Porto. So, I think Sanusi is someone that rides to the challenge if he's being challenged. And someone that you know, you know, I think can actually what do well. Don't forget that Sanusi can play as a left back, but Bruno can play like multiple positions. He can play as a left center back. So you know, uh, don't yeah. forget that. Uh, so it might not be like a direct competition like that. But according to reports, too, Sanusi has been linked to Olympic Marcel in France. So um, don't be surprised to see him trying to move on to from FC Porto. Because if Marcel is offering big money, I'm very sure that the man from KB State might go for it. For <laughs> Super, <laughs> yes, so, for, for, for Super Eagles, I think uh, it's good for us to have two left back playing the Champions League. Uh, so, you know, it's yeah. been a long time we had only have defenders playing in Champions League. I know we had the Kevin Bassett last season, but it's been a long time we don't really have this, you know, defenders playing Champions League. So it's also a very good for Super Eagles. But for FC Porto, if two of them stays in the FC Porto, that means that uh, they don't have any left back in the AFCO. So, <laughs> so it might be, yeah, uh, it might be, it might be a bit issue. But for me, I think that uh, if Pascal is going to pick any of them, he won't pick the two. He will pick one of the two. That's mm. what I think. Mm. Yes. All right. All yes. right. Good thoughts. You know. Thank you for giving us 
that information. Um, before yeah. we end um, the episode, do you have anything that you want to add or quickly just talk about? I just want to say that uh, there is no mountain that is too hard to climb. The three lions you see today, you will not see them again. Quarterfinals straight for the Super Falcons. Mm. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm also very, very, very much hoping that we're able to climb that mountain. And we're able to tame those those lionesses, you know. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like you said, normal, normal, you would expect to see lion go beat falcon. Yes. Know, but like you mm. saw in that video that it was chasing yeah. the lion, anything yeah. is possible in Nigeria. <laughs> yes. You know. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we can we can get the results. Yes. Um, all right. Okay, we've just crossed um we've just crossed the one hour mark. So let's let's call it um a day um on episode five of the Nigeria FC podcast. You know, five episodes in already. You know, it seems like just yesterday we started this thing, uh, and you know the support has been great. You know, we keep it coming. We keep um getting the views and you know the listens and the engagement mm-hmm. is very interesting. Thank you to all our viewers and all our listeners. Um, as always. Um, I've been IoT. You might know me from Ego Striker, and my co-host is Smith Lai. Keep watching, keep subscribing, keep supporting us. We really appreciate you. All right, thank you very much, guys. Bye bye.